This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Hey, hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. And I'm super excited today because you guys know I don't bring on a ton of guests, but I invited this lady on because I had the pleasure of working with her. I felt intuitively drawn. It just kind of was one of those things where it's like when something comes up three times, I'm like, oh, just follow the breadcrumbs, Lisa. And uh, so I wanted her to bring her on the show because she worked with me through human design. And I know many of you probably don't know what human design is, and I certainly can't explain it, which is why Emma Jensen is here today to talk about human design. I'm super excited because I'm going to bring her into work with my clients as well and give them an experience. It's another way of knowing yourself better. That's how I look at it. Not as like, this is like written in stone because we can get so hung up on that. We can talk about that, Emma but I could gush about you, but I would actually really like if you would tell everybody who you are, what you do, human design, and we'll just kind of, we'll just dive in and see where we go. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to talk all things human design because it's literally the thing I love so much. So I am uh, in human design. I feel like I need to lead with this. I'm a projector. My inner authority is emotional and my profile is six two. And my past has been very interesting that led me to here. I started my career in secret service and then I went to Nike and then I went to Apple (laughs) and then I finally understood the like thousands of signs that the universe was sending to me. They're saying, Hey, like this isn't how you're meant to be. And if you're a projector, you will understand that as a projector and we'll get into all of this too. And what that means, like what even does that word mean? But we don't have the ability to have sustainable energy. And so like you hearing those companies, like it's a lot of work and then you put a lot of time in and I was getting a lot of, like, I felt really good about it and accolades and all the things, but then I also just felt completely burnt out and exhausted and that I didn't have a life outside of work, which isn't what I wanted for myself. And so it led me to taking the leap off the cliff and started my own company. And I didn't even start doing human design. I started doing animal communication and my path led me to human design, which has just opened up a world of everything. And it's been so amazing. And so that's just like a little tidbit about me and like how I got here and why. Also, you'll hear all of my experiences through the secret service and Nike and Apple and working with all these different types of people has always been really fascinating too, because it's so many different kinds of people and and what, what makes them tick and what drives people forward. And after learning about human design and while I was at Apple, actually, I started applying it to like all the people and it just like opened up this whole new world of things. So 
it's so fun now that I get to be on the other side and I get to help other people understand themselves. So that's a little bit about me. And then what human design even is. So human design pulls in lots of different modalities to create this chart. And so you need, in order to run your chart, you need your birth date, your birth time, and your birth time needs to be as exact as possible because depending on where the planets were and whatnot, it can change things in your chart. So even sometimes 10 minutes of difference in your time can change things in your chart. So birth time and then birth place. And there's lots of different places that you can run your chart for free. There's Jovian archive. There's my human design. There's my body graph. There's, I mean, you can Google it. And it'll spit out this chart, which which has lots of different terms of different things, and it has all these shapes and colors, and it can look a little bit overwhelming, but I promise you, if you have some patience and you take some time to walk through it, it can open so many things and give you so much validation and permission to be yourself. Because what it is, it's the blueprint of who you are. It's who you are underneath all the different layers of conditioning that we have on top of ourselves from our entire life whether it's from caregivers and parents and friends and family and society and ourselves that are telling us that you should do something or you should be a certain way or you are supposed to act a certain way, which maybe doesn't resonate, but everybody is telling us or we're seeing that in order to be successful, I have to do it this way, but it doesn't feel good for a reason. And so that's what I love about it because as I'm doing sessions with people and as I'm talking to people, I mean, so many times everybody's like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that's exactly right. Like, I, yes, like you're hitting on it. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, yes, now let's take that information and actually implement it and integrate it. Because one of the easiest things in human design is hearing about yourself. And the harder thing is actually putting it into um, fruition and putting it into your life. So I started out saying it pulls in lots of different modalities. What it pulls in, it pulls in astrology, it pulls in the Kabbalah, it pulls in the I Ching, and it pulls in the chakra system, as well as things like quantum physics and and different things too, and creates this whole package of kind of who you are underneath. If you really allowed yourself to lean into what really resonates and what feels good to me, and then allowed yourself to do it, like your session was like one of the like best sessions I've ever had because you're like, yeah, no, I, I know, I know this. Like I've done all the work. I understand this. And so for me it was, it was just, it was so great and so validating to get to have that information and like, just have you sitting there and be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It so was good. very cool. Yeah. Was and I was like, cool. oh, like, oh gosh, I just, I love that you've, you already know, like you, you're like, yeah, I get it. Where so many people are like, oh yeah, that resonates. But I, I don't have that belief about myself. And so the work then becomes, okay, you know, what was the belief? Like, how can we re- recreate that and reprogram that into something that actually works for you? I think it's really great because what I hear you saying is that human design provides people with another way of creating awareness about themselves of things that they may not be aware of. In my case, there were many things that I've already done the work around. I was aware of it, but it was so fascinating to see it in my chart and be like, oh yeah, that totally was a thing for me. But this is really important too, that whether it's, you know, human design or what else have I talked about before? Myers-Briggs, like Mm -hmm. there's all these different tests, right? Your, 
I'm trying to think of another one, the disc profile, all these things, Enneagram. I don't even know my Enneagram yet, but you can take these things and go, oh, well, this is who I am. But they don't say this is who you are. They allow you to see kind of the blueprint of yourself and then say, okay, well, what am I going to do with this information? I have this awareness, but unless you actually take that awareness, walk through the resistance of creating change, like nothing changes. So I just, I found it such a powerful tool to just see like, oh, okay, I knew that. And I need to double down on that. Like I need to just go for this a hundred percent. So I would love for you to share. So you said you're a projector. Yeah. I'm a manifesting generator, which probably means like jack shit to most people who are (laughs) listening. So can you talk a little bit about what each type is and how somebody, well, I guess if they put their chart in they're they're going to find out kind of what they are, but can you talk us through like, cause there's four types, right? Five, five types. Okay. One gets forgotten. Poor reflectors. Oh, they're, they're only one per they're not only, I mean, 1% is still a lot of the population, but they're 1% of the population. So they tend to get forgotten because a lot of people, you don't really hear about them a lot because you don't necessarily meet a lot of them. They're reflectors. Yeah. Reflectors. They're the 1% of the population. They are, I mean, what their name is. They're here to reflect back to us. They're meant to be in the middle of a tribe, middle of a community and show us how we're doing. So if a reflector is thriving, like in their own environment, if they're thriving with their health, if they are participating, if they're, you know, in it, and doing things alongside everybody else and they're vibrant, that tells us that that community is really healthy and that they're doing really well. If reflectors are ill, if they're depressed, if they're pulling away from the community and they're trying to live like on the outside of it instead of in the middle of it, that is a clue that the community itself is not doing well, that things are not thriving, that there are changes that need to be made because reflectors are a product of their environment. If you look at one of their charts, you know, like what your chart looks like, all of the shapes in their, in their chart are white. And so when you have white shapes on your chart, those are the places that you're going to take in the outside world and other people and amplify them. So they literally are the only type that can truly put their self in somebody else's shoes if they allow themselves to truly take in their energy and amplify it. So like I said, they're a product of their, of their environment. The next one is our projectors. So projectors were 20% of the population. I have a really special place in my heart for projectors because we can be really difficult and I'm one. So I've lived through it all, but we are guides. We're here to guide others. We're not here to do as much as we're here to be and to see and to help. And that can really get in our way because we, a lot of us, if, if we're around the same age, we've, grew up in a a day and age that's like, no, you have to do, and you have to do a lot in order to be successful. So a lot of projectors are bitter and a lot of projectors are super burnt out and exhausted. And so that's where I I love us so much, but we can also be really difficult. But if you can think of projectors being birds in a tree, they are overseeing and they can see all the other animals on the ground. So they could say like, Hey, elephant, you know, if you took a right right now, you would get to the watering hole in two seconds. Like the way you're going is going to take too long. Or, you know, cheetah, if you took a left, there's this really nice big tree down the path that is really shaded, would be a great place to nap. 
like they're able to see all the different things and be able to make it more efficient and more effective and improve things for other people. So the big thing for projectors is that one, we're not here to do so much. So if you're a projector and you're, you're probably burnt out and that's because of a lot of things. And two, we're meant to wait for invitations. So we're not meant to freely share our guidance, which when we do that tends to lead to bitterness. We're meant to wait for people to ask us for that guidance, which can be an actual invitation, like an actual question, or it can just be somebody calling you with the intent of getting your your feedback or your advice on something. So if you're a projector also and you feel really bitter, it might be because you're freely sharing all of your genius with everybody else. Mm. I have some projectors in my life. I love them. Yeah. They're, they're amazing, but they had to learn some of those. They had to learn some of those lessons. And that is a really yeah. big thing for many women is the wanting to fix other people's problems. And whether you're a projector, a manifesting generator, a reflector, yeah. other people's stuff is not our responsibility to fix, but it will impact some people more than others. They'll have that stronger pull. It's really fascinating. Totally. Yeah. I know projectors, I, I, like I said, I love us so much and we can also be the hardest for coaches because there's just, there's so many things. And, and because we're guides, sometimes it can be really difficult for us to get guidance from somebody else if we're not ready to hear it and we can project our bitterness onto other people, unfortunately. I, so I love using like bitterness, frustration, resentment. Those are like guideposts that you're out of alignment always. Thousand percent. Yeah. And within our chart, and maybe once I get through all of them, I can, or I can just do it now. We have on our chart, what's called the not self theme. And the not self theme is literally our signpost that says, Hey, you're out of alignment. You're out of design. And yes, they're always going to be true regardless, like which you have, but one's going to be more true for you is going to show up more potent for you than the others. So for a reflector, since we already did reflectors, their not self theme is disappointment. Or it can also look like depression or just feeling like nothing's fun or playful anymore. For projectors, it's bitterness, which is why I kept saying that. It's bitterness, it's resentment, but it's also me always thinking that we're right and that everybody else is wrong, regardless if we're right or not. Because yes, we tend to be right, yet if that's our mindset and we're like, no, we're right. Like, why do we have to continue having this conversation? Like, why can't you just get there quicker? Like, why can't you just see that I'm right? That's another signpost that you are in your not self theme. So, so good. Yeah. Understanding those signposts can be so helpful too, so that you can start to take that step back and say, okay, what led me here to this feeling? Because it doesn't feel good. And I don't really want to be there. And for a projector, Our not-self theme can be very projected onto those around us, whereas everybody else's can, yes, can be, you know, uh, reflectors can be disappointed in others, but they also will experience it about themselves. Projectors are rarely bitter at themselves. So projectors really think it's a them problem. Thousand percent. Okay. Oh yeah. That's yeah. why that's it's not why a I love me problem. It's a them problem. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's a hard place to live from. Cause I'm right. Why can't you see I'm right? It's right. not a me problem. Cause I'm, I'm right. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, I love us so much. And we can be so difficult because when we get into that space, it can be really difficult for somebody to be able to break through that 
And so there's, this is why I love human design so much and having sessions with projectors, because the more that projectors can understand themselves, the easier it becomes to hear that input of, oh, got it. Yes, this is where I'm going wrong. This is where things are not aligning the way I want them to, which is what's leading to all these feelings that don't feel good. So So good. Yeah. That's like, oh, I love us so much. And we can be literally the the worst for coaches. So it's it's the learning then to say, oh, it's not a you problem. It's a me problem and take responsibility for that. That's right. Yeah. So cool. Fully. Fully. And a lot of times we get into the bitterness because we're not waiting for that invitation. We're Mm -hmm. just freely sharing. And that was the hardest thing for me to do, but was the most, most resonant. The first time I ever had a reading says like, oh yeah, no, been there, been there, have definitely shared all the things and had people get upset at me, called me bossy, uh, have also had Mm -hmm. people just not hear it and then come back later and be like, oh, so-and-so gave me the best advice. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I gave you that advice two weeks ago. And they're like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, I can literally tell you what you were wearing, where you were at, what you were eating when the, when I gave you this advice. They're like, oh, I didn't hear you. I'm like, oh my gosh. All of those are signs that you're out of alignment, that you're freely sharing, that you're doing things that are going against how you're meant to be. And it can be really difficult because again, we, we have grown up, we live in an age that a lot of times people are saying, well, no, you have to do more in order to be successful. And that can be more detrimental to a projector than helpful. So I know we spend a lot of time on projectors, but we're a tough nut to crack sometimes. So manifestors, manifestors are about 9% of the population and they are really the only type that is meant to go out and initiate and truly initiate. So all the other types have to wait for something like projectors have to wait for an invitation reflectors poor reflectors they tend to have to wait a whole lunar cycle before they kind of go and do something i'm like oh gosh they like live in this whole day and age where you know we're like no we value making decisions right now so manifestors they don't have the ability to have sustainable energy either but what they do they get these big urges to go do something and with that urge comes all of the energy they need in order to do the thing So they might feel like they have a lot of energy, but it comes in waves. It's not an all the time thing. Like they can maybe work 16 hour days for no problem for a week or two, but then they, then they start to come down off of that and they start to crash. So for a manifester, yes, go do your thing before you do it though, inform those who you're going to, who is going to impact whatever the thing is that you're going to do. If you're going to go to the store and you live with three other people, tell them you're going to the store before you leave. Or if you decide that you're going to start a company or that you're going to launch something or you're going to host an event, you have to tell people before you do it. Because otherwise, a lot of times for manifestors, they've learned throughout their their life that, oh, if I ask for permission, it doesn't go well. I'm not saying ask for permission. I'm saying you tell people what you're doing with a period full stop at the end of it and then go do it. Because when you do it that way, you're not going to meet the resistance and the rejection that you might be used to getting when you ask for permission to do things. Because a lot of times they've already gone through all the things. They've already made up their mind. They're not asking. They don't want to get the, you know, a million questions back of, oh, well, how are you going to do it this way? And what's about this? And you're like, oh my gosh, because manifest your energy is super quick. 
And so once they decide to do something, they want to go do it. They don't want to be slowed down. The slowing down is going to make them really like irritated and angry, which is their not self-theme. Their not self-theme is anger, which can show up as irritation and rebelliousness and passivity and accommodation because a lot of what their conditioning is, is people pleasing and is shrinking themselves to make others feel better and not as their, their energy is not too big for them because they have the biggest energy of all of us because they're meant to be the energetic leaders. They're meant to be the cause and the rest of us are meant to be the effect. They're meant to start things and then hand it off to the rest of us. Mm. So for them, it's really getting comfortable too with first, not apologizing for who you are. Like you are meant to be a big personality, a big, big energy for a reason. And then you're probably not going to be the best at finishing things. And that's okay. Because how we're all meant to work together is that manifestors get things started and then hand it off to projectors to guide. And then generators and MGs, which I, we're going to get to, they tend to do the more day-to-day stuff because they have the ability to have sustainable energy. And the reflectors show us how we're doing. So, so I would think that it would be important for manifestors as well, if they know they're going to go do this thing, to automatically have rest downtime baked right into their cycle of doing things. So instead of making themselves wrong for needing to rest after they've done this thing, knowing that that's actually what they need to replenish their energy before they go do the next big thing again. Exactly. Because if you don't rest after an urge, then it's really difficult. There's no space for the next one to come in. And so a lot of times manifestors are just pushing all the way through And they're not always getting those big bursts of energy to and like inspiration to do stuff because they haven't left any space and there's no reserves there for them to pull from because they just have kept going. So 100,000%. Yes. So good. So good. Okay. So generators, generators are 35% of the population. And like I said, they have the ability to have sustainable energy. And I say ability because it's not like it's a for sure thing. It's a matter of how you're feeding your body. And yes, food matters, but I'm really more talking about like feeding your body in the sense of what are you doing with it? How are you spending your time and energy? Are you doing things that you love and that light you up? Or are you doing things that you feel like you should do or you're supposed to do that you don't really want to do? Because when you're doing something you love, You can do it for hours and not get tired. That's a really good indicator that you're doing the thing you're meant to be doing. But if you're doing stuff and it's depleting you, that's another really good clue that you're doing the wrong thing because you're meant to be sparkly. You're meant to be vibrant. You're meant to be full of energy and you're meant to fall into bed at the end of the day, exhausted from using all of your energy and understand that those of us that don't have the ability to have sustainable energy, which are manifestors, projectors, and reflectors, we can feel whether you have good energy or bad energy. And by bad energy, I mean depleted. I want to be with sparkly aligned generators and MGs because it feels good. But when I'm with unaligned, misaligned generators and MGs, I feel more depleted than when I'm by myself and I don't have the ability to make any kind of energy. So I just want you to hear that, that we can feel that. And when you're doing the things you love, you're creating magnetism. You're creating a vortex 
that pulls in people and opportunities and synchronicities to you in order for you to say yes or no to them. This is why for so many years, my business, people would say you're, you're out of alignment. I don't know what that means. Like I would get so angry. I don't know what that means. I'm trying so hard. I'm doing all the things. Mm-hmm. And I talk now a lot about, you know, rest being a success strategy. And it's really the energy behind your doing that matters more. Because if you really love what you're doing, I still think even if you really love what you're doing, there needs to be boundaries around it. Right. I love what I do, but you know, I don't need to work all the time. But yeah. when you're really caring for yourself physically and emotionally, you're always going to have more than enough energy. Well, for, for generators and yeah. manifesting generators. It's such a foundational mm-hmm. piece for everybody, in my opinion. So that's very cool. All right. So we've okay. got projectors, reflectors, manifestors, generators. Okay. And then I'll just finish with generators on their not self theme, which oh, yeah. their not self theme is frustration. <laughs> and frustration can also look like just like, uh, well, irritated kind of, but a frustration of energy, feeling uninspired and feeling blah about life. These are all your indicators that you are out of alignment. And then MGs, so manifesting generators like you, are a mixture of manifestors and a generator. So everything I've already said for them is is true. So the not-self theme of a manifestor with anger and the generator of frustration is going to be true for a manifesting generator because you are a mixture of two of the energies. Yep. As an MG... You can have more manifester energy or more generator energy. It just depends on what your specific chart looks like. But either way, you still have both in you. And the one thing I'll say about MGs is that you guys have what I call shiny object or squirrel syndrome, where you have lots of varied interests and it can look very unfocused, if you will, to others. And others might tell you, no, you need to pick one thing and focus, but that can be really detrimental to an MG because you're interested in lots of different things for a reason. There's something there for you to gain in order to do whatever you're here to do. And so it's giving yourself permission to explore all of them, but then also understand when you're no longer interested in it and excited and it's more depleting you than anything else, that that's an indicator that it's time to move on to the next thing. So whether you're an MG or a manifester, the finishing thing might be a more difficult thing for you to do, whether you're a good finisher or not, because maybe you've been told or you've kind of had grilled into you that you have to be a good finisher. You can't quit whatever. So you do it, but you do it to, to your own detriment that it doesn't feel good to you when you do that, but you're told that that's how you have to do it. I would invite you that if you feel like you're getting depleted from something to give yourself permission to walk away from that and see how that makes you feel. Yeah, that's been a big thing for me, learning to let learning to let go of stuff and just feeling complete with it and not making myself wrong. Yeah. I will also say that shiny object syndrome, though, cost me a lot of energy as well because I was constantly going off. So one of the lessons that I had to learn was how I could still really love what I was doing, not get bored with what I was doing, but pull it in, in a way that it was still in alignment with me that would serve my higher purpose and to create within that because chasing shiny objects all the time, especially in business, if you're trying to create business success, Mm -hmm. that is a sure sign that you're not really going to have success. If you're constantly off in a gazillion directions, which would then bring me back to the frustration piece Mm -hmm. and the anger piece. So yeah, 
that was something I really had to learn. But what it meant for me was this is what we're going to do in business and create something separate that you can focus on in your personal life so that it wasn't all in, you know, my eggs weren't all in one basket. And that's how I play with it. And that's part of why I compete in, you know, bodybuilding, fitness, whatever, because that is a whole different playground for me. I get to play with my strength and my my femininity, right? Because eventually you have to kind of strip down into the sparkly bikini with wings. You get to do that, right? And then over here I, within my business, I've got lots of different things within my business that keep me happy and excited and in alignment, whether it's working with clients or working on a project behind the scenes. So there's enough there, mm-hmm. but I had to bring the container in tighter on what that was going to be. So I wasn't constantly off doing something new, but even right now I'm redesigning a program because it's just not fully in alignment and it feels like it just got momentum. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this needs to shift and change, but I'm no longer afraid to burn shit down when it's time to burn it down. Because if I'm not in alignment with it, it's not going to sell anyways, because something is always going to feel off. And it, Mm -hmm. it really, that was a challenging lesson for me to learn until I learned it. And So I'm saying this because I did all of this without knowing my human design. So then to hear about it all, I was like, oh, this is like mind blowing to me. So mind blowing. It is so, so good. So those are the five. Yeah. I think I know people of all types. Like just listening to you, I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's probably her. And that's probably her. So if someone were to go to to print off their chart, they're going to see all these different triangles and squares and numbers. And how do you even start to pick that apart? Like, where do you look? What are some of the main things that, that people can look at or understand for beginners of human design? Great question. So some of the things that I love to look at when we're looking more at the, it's called the body graph is the heart center and the solar plexus. So we'll talk about those two and, and maybe we can keep going. I don't know. It, you're going to have to cut me off at some point because I can talk about this stuff for hours. But there is so, and I think this is really helpful too for for people either for setting goals and or if you're an entrepreneur, just like in general, good information to know. So the heart center. So if you're looking at your chart, it's the small triangle that's off to the right-hand side, kind of in the middle of your chart. And it has four gates in it. It's gate 21, 51, 26, and 40. Those are all the gates in there. So hopefully by that description, you know what I'm talking about. The heart center is where motivation lives and it's where willpower lives. So when you have it defined or colored in, so if you pulled it off of Jovi and it'll be red, if it's defined, that means that you have consistent access to the energies, characteristics, and traits within that specific center. And so that specific center has to do with motivation. So when it's defined, it means that you are consistently motivated, that you have a a motivation level that you are always at as long as you actually want to do it, as long as your heart is in it. So if your heart's not in something and you have it defined, you're like, well, why am I not motivated to do it? Well, because you don't want to. If you wanted to, you could do it. It wouldn't be hard for you to, to make the decision. For me, when I decided to not eat so much candy throughout the day. Like literally you could come to my desk when I was worked in corporate and there would be a pile of candy wrappers. Like it was a, it was a thing. 
I finally decided like, no, no more. I will have two more or two like pieces of candy or something after dinner. And that's it. When I made that decision, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard to not have the cookies and the candy at work, even though it's everywhere. It's just like, okay, cool. Got it. Let's do it. However, when it's undefined, so if it's white, regardless of wherever you get it from, if it's white, that means that you have a motivational wave. It means that you're going to be super motivated one day or at one point, and you'll be super unmotivated at another time. And for those of you that have it undefined, it's important to allow yourself to go on the wave. So if you're super motivated, allow yourself to capitalize on it, go after it, do it. And then when you're not motivated, and I just want to like PSA this for a second, you can take everything I'm saying and use it for good or for bad. So you can say, say. yeah, you can take range in here. Totally. You can take everything you can, if you have it undefined, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to use this as an excuse. Great. Use it as an excuse so that you can learn that you just use it as an excuse. Because if you use it as an excuse, you're still going to find yourself in your not self theme. So however you decide to use this, like you have to, it, human design is an experiment. We're meant to use the information. It's a tool. It's not a belief system. Like it, we're meant to use it and, and use it to however it works for us. And like I said, if you were like, okay, cool, great. She just gave me permission to not do anything. Like, cool, I'm going to do that. You're going to find, if you're a generator, you're going to be frustrated because you didn't, you didn't, or you're not going to sleep well because you didn't use your energy. You didn't get to do things that you love that day. So just like small PSA there. So let's, let's just pause here for me because yeah. I think that this is important because mine is defined mm-hmm. and there's some days I don't feel like it. Yeah. Right. But I have to work from commitment. If these are the things I want to do, as long as it's in alignment, I have to work from commitment. And so if somebody is undefined, they're going to have these waves, Mm -hmm. but they get to choose when these waves hit, is this thing that I've committed to, is it important enough for me because I'm in alignment with the end goal that I want to achieve? Is it important enough for me to work through this wave of being unmotivated, knowing that it's in my chart? So what this does is it can give you permission to stop being so damn hard on yourself for not being motivated and saying like, okay. I get to decide whether or not I'm going to entertain this feeling of not being motivated or move through it. And that's why I think that human design is so amazing because it doesn't keep us trapped. It can allow you to show up with a lot more grace and compassion for yourself. And on the flip side, having that defined, I've had to look at like why, you know, so for in my instance, right, being a coach and what, what I do in the gym, how come I'm able to do this so quote unquote, easily. When some of my clients, I'm like, just be committed and do the thing, be committed, do that hard. It's not that hard. So understanding, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. I'm designed differently. And that doesn't make me better than somebody else. It's just understanding, like, I don't get to put myself on a pedestal because I can do these things. It's literally part of my design. And I can also say it's okay to not be motivated today, Lisa. It's okay for you to not go do the thing. So I just, I love the range within this when you use it as a tool for power, as opposed to a weapon to keep you small and in your excuses. So cool. Totally. And I love it too, because especially when you start using it with clients and you're like, oh, got it. Okay. Like we're just, we're different. That's great. 
but it also like it gives you that deeper understanding. And it also, I would also ask people if you're saying you're not motivated, are you truly not motivated or are, is there like a fear that's coming up? That's actually stopping you. Cause there's another part of the chart that talks about different fears and anxieties that we can have that keep us stuck from moving forward. Because we're like, if we feel like we don't know enough, we might feel like, Oh, well, I'm not motivated. Even though the underlying cause is not the motivation. It's the, the fear of, well, if I show up and I do it, then people might make fun of me or I might not be perfect or whatever the case may be. And the other thing I want to say about this heart center is that 70% of the world has it undefined. What? Are you serious? 70%? Yes. I know. It's like, I know I have it defined too. And so I've also judged so many people in my life of like, oh my gosh, it's not that hard. Like you said, you're going to go to the gym every day. Just go to the gym every day. Like I'm there. Like, let's just do it. Oh my gosh. And then I learned this. I'm like, oh, okay. Got it. Like it's maybe it was actually hard for them. Okay. Okay. Got it. And so also what this center has to do with is willpower. And so when it's defined, you have, it's what, like, right. When I decided I'm not going to have candy anymore, it wasn't hard for me. I had the willpower to do it, but when it's undefined, regardless of how much you want to do it, you're still going to feel that, that inconsistent willpower. And so I love like talking about this and having people understand it too. Of like, if you create a goal, great. If you want to go to the gym every week, awesome. Have that be your goal. And if you decide, and if you wake up one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. Like I'm feel dead or whatever. Great. Don't go, go the next day or go later in the day, but don't like, don't then just give up. Cause you're like, oh, I did it again. Ugh. When you understand that you just have inconsistent or more fluid, if you will, wave, like motivation and willpower, it's easier not to give up knowing that, okay, I'm going to just go with the wave instead of just getting so upset and judging myself for when I didn't fulfill something that I said I was going to do. Yeah. It removes the story and we love to attach meaning and stories to things, especially if they keep us in our, you know, beliefs that we hold about ourselves, which for most of us, we're working from low self-worth, low self-esteem. So all these stories are like, see proof. Proof Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Proof that, you know, there's something wrong with me. So that's super fascinating. So you talked about gates. Does everybody have the same within these centers? Does the gates are always the same, but each person it's whether or not they have like a, if you see a chart, there's like, like cords coming out of them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's going to have the same 64 gates. They're going to have the same nine centers in the same places, but we can all have different definition. So the, the gates that I have defined are not going to be the same gates that you have defined. Exactly. Right. We can still have some of the same gates and to know if you have a defined gate, it would, if you're looking at a Jovian chart, because those are the ones that I use, it has a purple circle around the number, and then there'll be a red, a black or a red and black line coming out from that number. And you can have a defined gate in an undefined center. So a white shape can have a defined gate in it, Got it. if okay. that makes sense. Yep. yep. So, sense. and I'll just finish because there's only four gates in here. They have multiple meanings, but if we look at the heart center specifically in those gates, when you have them defined, they'll tell you what 
what motivates you, like what truly motivates you on the material plane. So if you have gate 21 defined, it means that you're motivated by money. If you have gate 51 defined, it means that you're motivated by making an impact in whatever way that means for you. If you have gate 26, it means that you're motivated by becoming a success of yourself. Again, whatever that means for you. And then gate 40 is being uh, motivated by being seen. So whether that's on video, that's becoming famous, that's having a reputation or status, that is all going to motivate you. And if you have none of them defined, like it's a white center with no color in it at all, that means that you're here to truly be detached from being motivated by the material plane. So for you, this is where whatever your type is, it becomes really important because when you, if this was you specifically, which we know is not true, but if it was you, then it would become really important for you to be a manifesting generator living by your authority, which is how you best make decisions and by your strategy, which is how you best interact with other people in the world. Because when you do that, the universe will come in and reward you whether it's with a check out of nowhere or clients or an invitation or an opportunity or whatever, it'll just, you'll just get rewarded for you being true to who you are. So fascinating. Yeah. So So fascinating. I know. I know. I want everybody to go get their charts and like sit with them in front of them. Like they're going to call you and they're going to book sessions with you and you're just going to walk them through all this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. And like, I get so excited about it. And like I said, I could talk about it forever. I can, I know I talked about the solar plexus, so I can just briefly touch on it. If there's time, I know, like I said, I I can talk forever. The way that I treat this podcast is if somebody is finished listening, they can check off. I'm not going to I'm not going to cut my conversation short. Perfect. Because I'm like, Oh, I need to do a 30 minute podcast. My people know that. Sometimes awesome. It's, sometimes it's 30. So you just do you. This okay, cool. That's how I feel too. I also just d- totally lose track of time. So, okay. So the solar plexus is the triangle that's off to the right hand. If you're looking directly at your chart, it's on the right hand side of your chart and it's towards the bottom. So that triangle, if it's white means it's undefined. And if it's colored in, it means it's fine. So if it's undefined, you guys are what I consider, which is you, is what I consider to be a true empath in the sense that you'll take it, you will, you actually do take in the emotions of other people and you amplify them. So it's really important for those of you that have this undefined that you recognize and that you understand that you are, you are feeling what the person that you're with or the other people that you're with times like two. So if I'm at a two on my like low scale, you're going to feel it at like a four. And if, I mean, my mom is undefined here and this has happened to me a lot in my life where she'll just like probe me, like, what's going on? How are you feeling? Like, talk to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel fine because a two on the low scale is like nothing for me. And so I'm like, oh, I feel fine. But she's feeling it like a six. So she's like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong. Like, talk to me, like whatever. And then I just get upset because I'm like, I I don't feel what you're feeling. Like, stop telling me what I feel when I don't feel that. So for those of you who have it undefined, just understand that you are taking in the emotions of other people and amplifying it. And okay, maybe so we need to pause here. Yeah. I know we, we had, had, yeah. We had a conversation about yeah. this and I think this is really important. So as an empath, what it means is that I am sensitive to other people's energies. I can pick up on what other people are feeling. 
but I still have the power to choose whether or not I want to entangle in that energy. And I think that's because people who are empaths, I just had a call with my group today about this. I said, people who are empaths think that it's their responsibility to feel other people's feelings. And the truth is I can feel other people's energy, but I can only feel what's inside my body. I'm not crawling in their body and feeling their sadness for them. I'm feeling sadness because I'm around somebody who's sad, but I can define, is this my sadness or is this this other person's sadness? What I learned all the, from our session though, is when I can feel what somebody else is feeling or my interpretation of what they're feeling is I typically then will turn up the dial on it for how I'm experiencing it. Whereas they might just be feeling a little off. I might be standing here going, wow, they're like really sad today. But at the end of the day, it's not mine to touch anyways, unless they choose to invite me in to have a conversation. And even then it's not my emotion to carry. So this is why it's so powerful to understand your chart that you still have choice how you show up in those relationships. So this was really good for me thinking about, you know, my son, my nine-year-old, because I'm like, are you okay? So I'll do this with my kid, right? But I won't do it with my clients, but are you okay? And he's, he's totally fine. He's like, I'm fine, mom. I'm like, I don't think he's fine. Like, this is what I'm telling myself. I don't think he's fine. But at the end of the day, again, I had to detach and say, you know what? He's having his experience in life. That's his to have. My job as a mom is to be here for him, but I don't need to carry what he's feeling. I need to focus on what's going on for me. So I just, I need to throw that in there because empaths can be so like, oh my God, I'm feeling everything from everybody and I can't handle it. And that is a choice. You can draw that boundary and say, this is not mine. And that is a great question to ask. Like, is what I'm, is this mine or is this, is this their stuff? And then take a step back. So. Yes. I love this conversation because from a human design standpoint, you're not meant to attach to the emotion. They're not yours. <laughs> They're not your emotions. So if you attach to them and you start to say like, how do I, how do I make this stop? Or how do I make this better? Or I need to understand why I'm feeling it. You're going to keep yourself feeling that instead of allowing it to flow. By being somebody who experienced emotions, you just decided this time around that you wanted to feel the full spectrum of emotion through experiencing it through other people or through situations, right? You don't feel anything for no reason. There's always a reason for why you feel something, whether it's because something happened or because they're the people or the somebody that you're with. But again, you're not meant to attach to the emotions. Like, that feel, I don't have this undefined, but that feels terrible. Like, uh, no, thank you. And so for those I have readings with that have this, I recommend having some kind of protection if you're not sure how to deal with it, whether it's crystals or just setting a really clear intention with the universe and with like yourself of this is what I will allow in and this is what I won't. Because no matter how much you process something for somebody else, you're not doing it for them. Like they're still going to have their own experience with it. So exactly do what you want to do of like, however you like feel like you have to do it, but just know that you're not doing yourself any favors by feeling something from somebody else and saying like, Oh, I need to fix it because you can't. And there's different things, like different things in the chart that make some people more susceptible to the codependency and the, like, I need to fix it and different things than other people. But just know that 
you have to deal with you. Like you get to, you get to work on you thing. That is the key thing because often when we're around other people, and this was me very much in the past and I could pick up on this sadness or whatever, where I was struggling was to be with my own emotions. So if I can just fix you mm-hmm. and you can feel better, then I'll feel better. Instead of taking a step back and say, you feel what you're feeling and I need to support myself in feeling better. But so many generations, we weren't taught this emotional fluency. So we don't know how to just hold space for somebody to be in their anger, sadness, frustration, whatever it is, and be present to what's happening for us, especially for anybody who has kids, right? They see their kid hurt or sad or whatever. How can I fix this? How can I make this better for you? Instead of being present, like when my son didn't get something he wanted, me just being present to how that felt as a mom to watch him not get the thing he wanted. Like, so he was having his thing and I was having mine, but it was avoiding or not getting caught in the let's go for dinner and we'll fix it. Or let's, I'll go buy you something and we'll fix it. Like just letting them be where they're at. So I just, I love this center. I think it's super fascinating for behavior. Yeah. Me too. It's, it's been a whole learning experience. And when I learned about it for myself, it was so eye opening. And so that's undefined. And then if you have it defined, which is what I do or what I have, it means you have an emotional wave. So like I said, those who have it undefined, they're experiencing the full spectrum of emotion through experiences in other people. If you have it defined, you're experiencing the full spectrum of emotion for no reason. Like there, you, you feel things for no reason so that you can feel the full spectrum of emotion. There's four different emotional waves that you can have. And so it just depends on what's going on in your chart. And that's how you're meant to experience emotion is through whatever this wave is. Mine specifically is called spontaneous highs and lows. So I thought I was somewhat bipolar for a really long time because I could go from a high feeling super great. And two seconds later, feeling super low, irritated and feeling like having no idea, like nothing happened for me to go from there to there. But all of a sudden I'm not this low and I'm like, I need to snap out of it. What's wrong with me? Like, why can't I control my emotions? Mm. You can't. However, I'm also not meant to attach to my wave. My wave is meant to flow. I'm not, if I, if, and I've done this, if I get to the low of my wave and all of us that are in personal development, self-discovery, all of this, this is where we can really get ourselves into trouble is that we get to a low on our wave and we're like, oh, I need to figure out why, like this is coming up for a reason. I need to process it. I need to understand why this is happening so I can heal it and move through it as quickly as possible and da, 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 da. That will keep you in your way. That will keep you in the low of your wave. I kept myself there for a month. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. I don't recommend it. But if you allow it to just flow, it doesn't feel as bad. I don't feel the like big peaks and valleys anymore, even though I'm still experiencing them. I don't experience them as deeply as I did before because now I'm allowing it to happen. I'm witnessing it. I understand it's happening, but I'm not attaching to it. And so I just, I love this center because it's so eye-opening for me. And for those who have it defined, it's not that we're not empathetic, right? Or not, we're not empaths. We're empathetic. Like we can see so clearly how other people are like experiencing or going through something or feeling something. And it's not that we're taking in their, their emotions, but we, because we've experienced them all, 
we can truly understand how they're feeling and what they're going through, but we're not experiencing it the same way that they are or the same way that somebody who has it undefined is taking it in and, and turning it up. We can just see it and be able to recognize it really easily because of what we've been able to go through or what we've gone through already in our life. So So amazing because I talk about emotions just as being waves. They just roll in and they roll out. But when you give them attention, they're going to hang out. And part of the work that I do is allowing clients to just understand, like, just acknowledge what you're feeling. And that's it. Like, sometimes you just need to ask yourself, like, how do I feel? And then give yourself an answer. Yep. And then let it go because 20 minutes later, you'll probably be feeling different. <laughs> but if you put all your energy and attention on, I feel sad, I feel sad, I feel sad, then you're going to feel sad. Whereas mm-hmm. all you need to do is, oh, okay, I feel sad. Okay, what can I do to support myself feeling better? Yeah. That's it. And not make it mean anything. And if it's hanging out for a long amount of time, then maybe there might be something more to it. But even still, you can take responsibility for what can I do to support myself in feeling better. So I love that people who have this defined, again, instead of like, you know, picking up the stick and beating themselves up, why am I doing this to myself? Just understand this is part of it, right? This is, it truly gives you freedom when you understand what emotional fluency looks like and that our emotions aren't here to hold us hostage or to make our lives shitty. They're literally here to just guide us. And I remember saying to one client, cause she, she would feel bad that she would have these like tears and low, low. And I'm like, do you understand what a gift it is when you go to the, when you can go to the lowest of lows, because it also means you can access the highest of highs and who wants to live a beige life in the middle. That's called numb. Mm-hmm. And that's where most people are living their lives. So imp- I get that it doesn't feel good when you're down there, but there's a gift when you're down there because you're going to feel the opposite end of the spectrum and just, you know, enjoy the ride. Like this is what we signed up for when we came to the planet. Like this is what we signed up for to be emotional beings. So, mm-hmm. so good. I'm so glad our paths crossed. I'm not surprised because that's how the universe works, right? Like totally. here's your person. Here's your person, Lisa. I think my listeners are going to totally love this. Hopefully they love this as much as me. Is there anything else you want to leave people with and then we'll tell them where they can find you and learn more about your work? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, but I think this is an easy-ish one to kind of talk about. So if you look at the top of your body graph where your head is, there's arrows. And just generally... When arrows are pointing to the left, it means it's more of masculine energy. It's more structure. It's more framework. If your arrows are pointing to the right or an arrow pointing to the right talks about feminine energy, it's more fluidity and flow. So just overall, even each one of these arrows means something, but just overall, if you look at your four arrows, if you have more pointing to the left than to the right, then having structure and framework is going to feel really good. And if you have more pointing to the right than to the left, then having more flow and fluidity and not like having to have everything planned out is probably going to feel a lot better for you. And so being able to look at that and be like, Oh, got it. Like I, like you have all pointing to the left, like you're going to want a lot of structure and a lot of framework in order to feel really supported. I have two to the left and two to the right. 
So for me, I want some structure, but then I want to be able to flow within it. If I don't have any structure, I feel very stressed and I'm very like freak out. But if I, if, but then, you know, if I have too much structure, I feel claustrophobic and like, it's too much. And so for me, it's like kind of that Goldilocks of finding the middle of having some structure, but then being able to just kind of flow with it a little bit. So I love the arrows. They all like, they're great. And I think that's like a great place to maybe end. I have one question about that, right? Because I love, I've had to come to learn to love structure, that structure gives me freedom. But if Mm -hmm. I don't have flow inside that structure, I'm not a happy camper. So how do you explain something like that when you're talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, I get that. And Mm -hmm. I need this as well. So why don't, why don't I have some of my arrows going the other way? Is it because like when you talk about masculine and feminine, like I know as a doer and somebody with, you know, the willpower and the motor, I'm just more aligned to masculine energy. And I've really had Mm -hmm. to work on bringing that back and allowing my feminine in because all masculine energy can burn you out. Right. Which we know. Yeah. So how do you, how do you reconcile that for somebody Mm -hmm. in their chart? Do those, Cause those arrows don't ever change or move over time. It's not like the disc profile where if you take right. it six years from now, it might be different. Yeah. Yeah. So first I would say, you know, making sure that the time is right because the first thing to change if times aren't right are the arrows. So that's the, like the 10 minutes difference. The arrows are the first thing to change. And if you're like, yeah, no, like that is exactly right. Like that's what shows on my birth certificate or wherever I'm like, okay, great. Then that what the arrows represent specifically is consistency, discipline, focus, and strategy. And so okay. if those are all the places that you're like, yeah, I like structure there, then that's what they represent. Are okay, like, that makes it, sense. Yeah. And the more spe- like specific and as a female, right? Because like, I've had this question too before, like, well, all my, I'm a female and I have all arrows pointing to the left. Like, wait, what? Like. We all have masculine and feminine inside of us, regardless of if we're male and have all four arrows pointing to the right, or if we're female and we have all four pointing to the left. Like I said, they only, they represent those four things specifically. So we always have both within us, but when it comes more specifically to the consistency and discipline and focus and strategy, that's where the masculine feminine, feminine energies tend to line up more. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. Okay. All right. This was amazing. I'm just totally geeking out on this. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of learning it all myself because I really believe in just working with people who know stuff instead of like, I got to go learn all the things. So where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they want to learn more about this? So you can find me on Instagram at emmaj04, and you can find me on my website, which is www.connected-consciousness.com. And I work with individuals doing sessions. I work with coaches where I get to help them with their clients and understanding, especially for maybe a manifesting generator coach that has a projector client. You're like, oh my gosh, like she just keeps projecting or he keeps projecting bitterness all over me. Like, how do I best understand that? I love working with coaches because as a projector myself, I've had plenty of generator and MG coaches that have coached me as themselves, which is no fault to their own, but it just never resonated with me and ended up leading more to burnout than to anything else. And so being able to really get to help 
walk with coaches and under help them understand their clients at an even deeper level is just so fun because I've been on the other side of it. So I would say many coaches need to also do their own work on themselves because there are a lot of coaches coaching who have not done the work on themselves and coaching isn't about do it my way. It's yeah. about what the client needs. So Yes. had one of those coaches too. So yeah. yes, I think we all percent. have, it's part of like the <laughs> yeah. you know rite of passage, uh-huh. it's, it's part of the rite of passage. Totally. Well, I'm excited to, to bring you in because you're going to be working in my, with my one-to-one clients in a group. And I look forward to doing some more collaboration with you during the year. Cause I just love you. And when I love somebody, I'm like, Oh, you're on my team now. Ugh. Well, I feel the same and I'm so grateful to the universe for aligning our paths in only a universe way that can happen. And so I'm just, I'm so excited about what's going to, you know, what is to come and what, what's going to work out and all the things. It's the way things work for me. It's just magical. Like I've just learned to allow the magic, right? Be sparkly. Yeah. You're in alignment. You're pulling in the synchronicities and all the things to you. So it's just another validation of you being in alignment as you. So it's perfect. I love it. Took a while to get here, but it sure feels good now going with the flow. Right. But that's part of, again, was the journey I was meant to have that brought me to here. Well, thank you so much for spending so much time with me today. It was like a pleasure. This was amazing. I can't wait for this episode to go out. I wish I could tell you when that is, but I don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. I got a team for that, but I will keep you posted. If you've been listening and you are super curious about this now, or maybe you're thinking, oh my God, I think I'm a that person or I'm a that person, please reach out to Emma, book on her schedule, have a reading done and learn more about yourself. Not so you can beat on yourself, but just so you can know yourself better and really feel empowered about who you are, like own who you are and step into your own uh, greatness. That's a very coachy thing to say, but it's all good, right? All right. Thanks so much, Emma. And thank you to all my listeners. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you on the next episode. I always say see you, but I'm not going to see them. They're just going to hear me. It's all good. good. All right. Till next time, listeners, I'll talk to you soon. I want you to be really honest with yourself. When do you give your body attention? Is it only when you're criticizing it? fighting with it, trying to lose weight, or maybe it's when you're standing in front of a mirror and wishing it were different. I know that if you're like most women, you struggle with how your body looks and feels. I also know that for most of the women that I work with, the idea of loving their body is foreign. And yet they're sick of the endless cycle of dieting and gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight. And they keep waiting for the perfect time to make serious changes. However, that perfect time never seems to come. Maybe you can relate. Does this sound familiar? Because if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably realized that losing weight isn't going to solve all your problems. It's not going to make you feel good in your body. And it's not going to open the door to a new and better life. As I like to say, No unicorn is going to walk by and no glitter is going to fall from the sky. Listen, if you want to change your body and your relationship with it, and as a result, your life will change. Only you can take responsibility for that change 
and only you can step into knowing that the right time is never coming. It has to be today. I say this with compassion, but you can't keep blaming other people or your circumstances for how you're feeling about yourself and your body. Life is always going to life. It's time for you to uncover the stories that are holding you back and change the behaviors that aren't serving you. I know this path doesn't feel easy and I want to help you because I know this process, this inside out process can lead to true transformation. I've created a free three-day program called Weight Loss From Within. Inside, you'll explore self-guided journal prompts that will help you begin to shed the subconscious beliefs that have been holding you back from what you truly want for your body, your life, and the relationship you're having with yourself. Once you finish the three days, you'll have more clarity than ever on the stories that have been driving your behaviors. And you'll have the opportunity to go even deeper with the full version of Weight Loss From Within. I'm not going to ask if you're interested. I'm going to ask if you're ready. And I know that you are ready for lasting change and the chance to truly love your body. I invite you to join this three-day free training, Weight Loss From Within, and you can grab it by just heading over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash three days and you can get started today.